Welcome to Following the Way. We're a podcast that's all about following Jesus and learning his way for our lives. We believe that scripture reveals this way and invites us to follow. We're glad you're with us as we seek together. Hello and welcome to this podcast. On this episode, we are going to dig a little bit deeper into uh, a specific topic that I brought up uh, in our message this last Sunday as we concluded our four-part series on the gifts of the Spirit from 1 Corinthians. And we were looking at 1 Corinthians 13 and the whole topic of love and how this relates to spiritual gifts. And in the... um, one part of the verses, verses 8 to 13, where Paul talks about this love that will never fail and how prophecy and knowledge and tongues are all going to pass away, that they are the gifts of the Spirit and those ones that he specifically mentions are for now, but in eternity, when we see Jesus face to face, when perfection comes, when when Jesus comes for his church, that they will no longer be needed because we will be with Jesus. And so, and that, that also points to the purpose of tongues, the purpose of gifts of knowledge, and the, the purpose of prophecy is that, as Revelation talks about, it's uh, the, it's testifying to Jesus. It's the testimony of Jesus. And so when we are with Jesus in eternity, there would obviously be no more need for this. And so Paul is talking about this to to help the Corinthians who were really focused on some of these gifts to, to have proper perspective on, yes, eagerly desire the gifts, but be careful that you don't begin to value the gifts over the giver and and then he's talking about all this in relation to that greater than the gifts is that we're operating in love with one another. And so this is where he ends the section on 1 Corinthians 13. We're talking about um, faith, hope, and love remain. And the greatest of these is love. And so uh, be careful of how much emphasis and value and maybe even, you know, dare we say obsession we put on the gifts of the Spirit that is misguided. And so this brings us to needing to talk and consider some of the dangers and the excesses of the charismatic movement and being an evangelical charismatic church who would identify with wanting to be people of the Spirit, having more of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the Spirit in our midst, having to consider Okay, there's danger though in putting an emphasis, an overemphasis on the gifts of the Spirit that is misguided and gets weird and and we've seen this and, and those of us who maybe have grown up in certain environments have seen this in various church environments. J.I. Packer talks about one of the, the dangers and the pitfalls being charismania, as he calls it, and this inclination that we have to measure spiritual health, growth, and maturity by the impressiveness of people's gifts or their spiritual power by public manifestations. Uh, Another danger would be this focus on supernaturalism, where there's this hyper-focus on supernatural events, where we're we're constantly expecting miracles and looking for evidence of the supernatural under, (laughs) under every rock that, you know, gets to the point of it just defies reason and it doesn't make sense. And we could come up with all sorts of examples where we've seen this. And and 
This is not denying the supernatural work of God, but this perspective can lead people really struggling when God works maturity in us slowly and by natural means too. And so the man, we, we need to talk about this too in, in this whole realm of supernaturalism, that the manifestation, the presence, the pouring out of the spirit is not a trance. It's not possession or overpowering where one loses control of their body uh, like other pagan religious experiences. The presence of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of him and his gifts is marked by self-control. And I have seen firsthand, I've seen aspects of that where that seems to have been lost or forgotten or just disregarded at times in the evangelical charismatic church. And, you know, to claim that, and I've, I've, I've heard people do this, and maybe some of you have heard this, where we, you know, you hear uh, someone who they say, well, I wasn't, I wasn't even in control of my body in that sense. Like I, I, it, when that happened, when I was manifesting, I didn't even know what was going on. And uh, I was unaware of it, what I was doing, you know, and, and we can get into, you can get into kind of crazy experiences and, and where it gets weird where you're like, you know, why is that person meowing like a cat? Why are they barking like a dog? Um, why are they shaking violently and uncontrollably? And again, where a lot of this stuff becomes a distraction uh, in the midst of worship or in meetings, which is problematic when you look at scripture talking about self-control and about things being done in order and for the edification of the body. So if there's distracting distracting behavior uh, that is taking people, their eyes off of Jesus, off of worship, then we got to look at that and go, is that actually edifying the body? And is this actually a manifestation of the spirit that aligns with what scripture says about how the Holy Spirit operates in our midst. And again, none of this is denying that the Holy Spirit operates and that it can be uh, supernatural and it can be emotional and it can be uh, really overpowering, not denying any of that. But uh, the, the idea that we're not in control, the idea that we don't even know what happened and the Spirit sort of overtook us is not supported by scripture. That's more new age in its thinking and Eastern mysticism um, sort of thinking than it is actually biblical, um, scriptural and scriptural in its, in its um, thinking. But depending, and, and so depending on the situation, this is where the gift of discernment it, that is, um, that is a gift of the spirit and it's given is really helpful to reveal if the manifestation is of the flesh or is it actually demonic? If we go, it, it doesn't seem to line up with what scripture says about the manifestation of the spirit. Okay, what's going on here? Now you might say, well, but what about giving up control to the Holy Spirit? And and that's, that's speaking of a heart posture and a posture of surrender in ourselves that is an invitation for the Holy Spirit to move in us. But that's not meant to be extended where... All self-control is removed from the situation because we've given up control and we're going to be overtaken um, by the Spirit. That That's not biblical. Experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit does not mean the absence of our conscious awareness and bodily control. And and this is, you know, again, th- this is again where all of the, the mixing of pagan 
religious ideas, Eastern mysticism has been at times far more pronounced and dangerous uh, <clears throat> in the church than perhaps we are aware of. And this is, you know, I, I cited this example a few weeks ago, but the whole thing of yoga, which has been widely accepted in so many areas of the church, and yet yoga is intricately connected with Hinduism. Uh, in fact, some of the stretches, um, I, I believe they're called warrior poses, one, two, and three, which are common stretches in yoga that, that many, many people do, are, are actually mimicking a mythological murder scene involving a demon. And so they're poses that mimic Krishna, which is another Hindu deity, and you're mimicking the poses of this mythological murder scene that is all tied, that, that's what yoga is is or part of what yoga is and there's there's many other instances of that and so again we go well why should christians not do that well we're called to be imitators of god we're called to pursue the spirit not to pursue other uh other other parts of pagan and demonic religions and so we this is where we need to unpack this we need to be clear about this and talk about it uh <clears throat> But, but there's so many areas there, again, when we talk about dangers and pitfalls in the charismatic movement, another danger is the belief that God is most concerned with our happiness and success. And, and this is uh, in, in parts of the charismatic movement and really has influenced a lot of us in our society is, is really prevalent. And this idea that good actions or right living will allow God to bless us and lead us to victorious living, this this thing of living a life of victory. And it's it's very prevalent in the health and wealth movement. Sort of this idea, honor God and he'll make you wealthy and successful. And, and yes, God does want to bless us, but we mix this up with a hedonistic culture that is focused on the improvements of self. And it becomes very misguided quickly when we mix those two. And it loses sight of the good that God works through difficult and painful situations in life. The, the reality of suffering and how it conforms and shapes us to the way of Jesus. Another, another danger, pitfall in, at times in the charismatic movement. And again, it comes out of this, uh, you know, God is, re- God is renewing us. God's made us a new creation in Christ. And he's calling us to live a life of victory and in that gets lost that there's still the issue of sin in our lives. And so there's this lack of attention on sin. In fact, uh, you know, and, and so in focusing on, on experiencing God and his love and worship for him, we lose the, the fact that we still need to deal with our ongoing sinful behavior and nature. And it involves confession and repentance and not just kind of sweeping that under the carpet because, hey, we're living a life of victory and God is for me and it's all good. And, and sort of, you know, walking and living in this facade that's not dealing with our brokenness. And when we do this, we cultivate pride, lack of humility, and, and lack of attention on dealing with sin and repentance in our lives. And so... When we talk about the release of the Holy Spirit and this realization of what baptism into Christ 
already involves. And, and that we have the indwelling spirit and that he's been given to us. And when we begin to be thoroughly biblical, we begin to realize the reality of the Holy Spirit and his presence. And I, I, that's why I love that song where it's um, by Brian and Katie Torwell, where they sing, make us more aware of your presence, where we sing that, where it's like, we're not just, yes, we're inviting the Holy Spirit and his presence to be amongst us. It's not wrong to do that. But there's also a side to that where we go, make us more aware of your presence because you already are here. And so it's, you know, there's this, the Holy Spirit is given to us working to renew the image of Christ within us. And this is an ongoing process in our our sinful and in our fallen state. We are, we are disintegrated and God's work of reconciliation is to reintegrate us and to make us whole beings again. And so it's this lifelong process of growth and transformation into the image of Jesus. And so Yes, we want to eagerly pursue the gifts of the Spirit and to embrace those and to, um, to, to seek to be thoroughly biblical in how we handle them and in how we pursue them. But and also realizing that it's so much more than that, that it's not just the gifts of the Spirit. It is that, but it's so much more that, that the Holy Spirit and His work is... It's meaning to, to in every area of our lives, in every part of us, we are meant to be being transformed and healed and to reintegrate us. God, this is God's desire into the whole beings that he created. And so um, to not get focused too much on one part of, of you know, the, the move of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, where... It gets weird uh, where it begins to divert away from what scripture teaches. Any of that, we want to be thoroughly biblical in how we handle this and how we approach this and how we respond to this. So uh, hopefully that's helpful as we we seek to navigate this to avoid dangers and pitfalls, pitfalls in our lives of becoming too focused on one aspect of something to the exclusion or the um, yeah, to the exclusion of, of other things that are also important in that. So uh, blessings, my friends, and uh, Lord willing, we will see you once again. Mm-hmm.